Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Remen Wholesale. Expand your product with Remen Wholesale's renovation and non-QM lending products. Both renovation and non-QM can make and save deals. Remen Wholesale provides the knowledge, expertise, and complete support needed to get renovation and non-QM loans to the finish line. Let Remen help you close more deals. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to a, another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the broker owner of Priority Mortgage Lending, uh, along with the AIM president of membership. Uh, but today, very excited. And first off, I'm going to thank him. Um, I know you guys don't see a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, but I've literally had just like the worst things happen to me when I was supposed to be interviewing uh, our guest today. So I just want to thank him for his flexibility. But today I'm going to be interviewing the broker owner of Scoop Mortgage, Brian Sweeney. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was going to come check in on you up in Michigan, make sure everything was all right up there. But it seems like we got connected, so we're good. We, we got everything rolling now, so we're, we're good to go. I'm glad to be here. And, and for the record, um, I, and I don't think I'm wrong in this, but there's no relation to Katie Sweeney. Not that I'm aware. Okay. So completely separate people here, just uh, same common last right. name. All right. So, so Brian, talk to me here. Tell me, tell me how you got started in the mortgage business. Tell me your background, how long you've been in it. Give me all the good stuff. Yeah. So I've, I've been in, technically speaking, the mortgage business for quite a while, but kind of in and out. And the reason being is that my background is in wealth management, investment banking. So I, I worked at I worked at Merrill Lynch and was in the investment world for the last 15 years, still am in the investment world, owning a wealth management firm. And so Bank of America owned Merrill Lynch back then. So I worked for Bank of America. And, you know, during that time period, um, you know, they kind of came in and started pushing home loans. Right. That was when Merrill Lynch got bought out, they, they Bank of America stepped in and said, hey, look, you know, it's time to it's time to, to, to get people into houses and sell loans. So that was kind of where I learned the business. And then when I left Merrill Lynch, I started my own wealth management firm. And then a couple of years ago, um, when the, you know, mar- the mortgage market kind of came back, I was like, you know what, maybe it's time to get get back into the game. And and that's uh, that's how the mortgage broker side came back around. So, OK, so you, you're saying Scoot Mortgage has been around for two, three years or so? since 2020 was the official, okay. kind of, I think beginning end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Cool. Now tell, tell me about your, your company itself. Um, I mean, are you in-house processing? How many loan officers you have? Are you a one man shop? What's your, yeah. what's your dynamics look like there? Yeah. Nine loan officers right now. We're Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Colorado, soon to be Arizona, um, in-house processing, kind of you know we really try to put a lot of emphasis on the 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 lo themselves right they are involved right they're they're community people they're knowledge base they're getting out there with realtor partners going to networking events obviously we do want to grow into having more los and things of that nature but we're focused on building that foundation first having that platform built here and then kind of ramping out from there so we're really focused on um kind of building the internals first and then then trying to expand Awesome. Um, so tell me, are, are you guys, a, are you guys an office? You work from home, little combination. What's, uh, yeah. how's that work out? So really our, our main offices are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, we have physical locations there. But for the most part, I mean, you know how it goes with with COVID and everything. Everyone kind of just works from home. I feel like the office locations are, are kind of obsolete at this point, but they're there. They're collecting dust. Uh, <laughs> and so the, really the only people that go there are the cleaners to clean the dust off that they're collecting from no one going there. So. <laughs> it, it happens. I mean, and, and you, you got to train yourself properly to work from home. Uh, my guys do it just fine. And, you know, I, I, I was looking for another office and they told me, they're like, Hey, just pump the brakes. Don't, don't even yeah. worry about it. We're, we're good from home. I like to come into the office personally. Cause I feel like I just get more done. I have my setup here. I, I have my screens. And so personally, I feel better and I feel like I get more accomplished when I'm at the office, but some people say they get more done at home. I mean, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a, a personal choice, but obviously I, I, I'm an office guy. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with you. I, for, for me, it's, if I come in, it's like I, I can, I'm focused, I'm more focused on things. And then when I leave, I can turn off the switch. But when I'm home, it's like, I'm always like three quarters on at all times. It always seems like when you're at the office, that even though when you do go home, as soon as you get home, you're like checking your email on your phone. And it's like, wait, wait a second. I just left while, you know, now I'm going through my emails because you didn't respond to five people. You know, it's like in this business, uh, as opposed to other businesses, professional services, businesses, you know, you're getting text messages at nine o'clock at night or Sunday morning at 10 a.m. because someone's at a show. Like, you know, things are coming through it at weird hours that most businesses and most people that have normal jobs, I would say, don't have that type of, uh, you know, work environment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so talk to me about this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's an investment brokerage, correct? Yeah. So we're it's a wealth management firm. Yeah. OK. So 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 tell me about that. You've been doing that for a while now. Yep. How, first off, how do you find time to do both? <laughs> uh, but then secondly, like how, how do you use what you're using with that wealth management into the broker world and vice versa? Yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of the interesting part. So the, the wealth management business, I mean, it's just a financial advisory firm, right? So there's financial advisors, you, you know, manage assets, um, you could do financial planning. We also have an accounting firm within that that company as well. And I always joke with people, I'm like, you know, the accounting business is very easy to get clients, but the work is a lot. There's a lot of work on the back. Mm-hmm. End. Um, but you can get clients that you probably walk down the street and grab a you know, tax return client. The wealth management business, it's very hard to get clients. But to your point, like, how do you find time? There's not a ton of work on the back end that you have to do, right? You're managing an investment, you know, you're not day trading, um, you know, the financial planning is done on a yearly basis. So once you get the client, it's not too much work on the back end. But the okay. mortgage business is kind of a combination of the two. It's not super easy to get clients. It's not it's extremely difficult, but the work is not extremely difficult and it's not, you know, it's very easy. So it's like right in between of the, the two businesses. But I would say for the most part, those businesses have taught me to be a you know, a lot about the mortgage business because they're very similar. And in the financial planning world, you have to be very diligent. You have to be extremely knowledgeable about what you're doing because as we'll probably talk here shortly about knowledge-based selling, the more you know, the more business you're going to get, right? You would never go to a financial planner if they're like, yeah, I've never invested. You know, I'm broke. I've never invested any money in my life, but let me take a million dollars of yours <laughs> and invest it. I mean, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this, guy's not, this guy's not the right guy. Right. You would never go to a doctor who's a you know brain surgeon. He's like, yeah, I've never done this before, but I watched a YouTube video on it once. 
you know. I yeah. said it a holiday in, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's just like you're you're not you're not that's not happening, right? So I feel like these businesses, these professional services businesses, like the mortgage broker business, like the independent financial advisory practice, they have their similarities are almost identical as far really? as okay. back end works and everything. They're 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 really they're really similar in that nature and the knowledge that you have to know for each um, are different, of course, but I think the more you know, the better off you're going to be. How, how, well, okay. One thing that we used to do, and I think you're kind of doing the same thing here is we used to have a tax preparation business and me and my partner did, and you know, people come in, they bring in their taxes and right on their, right on their mortgage statement, their, their 1090, what was it? 1098, 1099. Yeah, to 98, they'd say, hey, this is your interest rate. And you're like, well, I can beat that by three quarters of a percent. Winner said, yeah, here you go. Boom, it was so easy. Um, but what are what are some big similarities and what are some big differences of how your clients react to you in each transaction? So if you have you have, you have one client, do they react the same through the mortgage transaction as they do through the wealth management side of things? No, I mean, of course, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, the mortgage business is about relationships. And it is, it really is, but it's not as much about relationships as the wealth management firm is. Because when you're a, an investment advisor, I mean, you're having quarterly meetings. If you were a client, we're meeting every quarter. We're reviewing what's happening in the economy. We're reviewing what's taking place in your actual investment accounts. We're looking at time horizons and risk tolerance and all these sorts of things that go into investment management is along with your accounting and taxes, especially for a business owner. But you know, the mortgage world, that, that wealth management side has taught me to be very patient in the mortgage world because that planning aspect goes a long way, right? Instead of just saying, oh yeah, here's your rate, here's your term, let's do business. It's like, tell me about yourself. How is your current financial situation, right? What do you have going on? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not even right for you to buy a house right now. And so I think the mortgage world, as much as we want it to be very relationship driven, unfortunately, the truth is it's it's very commodity. I mean, it's a commodity, right? It, it's it's it, there's a lot of transactions involved, and if you have good re realtor partners, then yeah, you're going to make it more relationship focused with that realtor. But the transaction itself is short lived. I mean, if you're getting a CTC in 12 days, you know, I don't know how long your relationship is lasting longer than that 12 day period. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you're not, maybe you follow up with a client, you send them a gift in six months, hey, how's, how's the house? But you're not following up with them every three months and saying, hey, tell me about your interest rate, tell me about your mortgage payments, how's this, how's this working out? Maybe some people are doing that, but I would say the majority of people aren't. And so, you know, I think in the in the mortgage environment, the mortgage broker world, it's just it's just not as personable from that standpoint, right? I mean, I, I think on the yeah, you're at a different level. You're at a different level with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you just it, it's just it's just more transactional, and there's the you know that's just the truth. Yeah. Well, do you, would you recommend someone getting a different designation you know i had down here cfps eas tax preparation registered irs agent anything else that kind of relates to the mortgage world would you recommend that 100 i mean i'm a certified financial planner a cfp and i think that people see that and they're like oh wow like that so you know more just about more than just mortgage right you know about like all kinds sort of stuff i'm like yeah absolutely and so people whether that means anything to them or not they just see those credentials. Oh, CPA. Oh, okay. Oh, well, this guy knows something. He knows something. He did something. He studied for something to get that. 
And so they assume that you may, you may know more, maybe you don't, but um, they assume that you have a little bit more knowledge that you can provide them as opposed to someone that's, you know, calling you from another company and they're just trying to get them in that loan and get it closed. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the CFP, the EA designation, which is an enrolled agent, which is like an IRS tax designation, that probably not as much unless you're planning on doing taxes or, or wanting to know more about how like real estate taxes and, you know, investment taxes work. But other than that, I, I would say probably not on that side, the CFP, definitely. You know, it's funny. And I'll give a shout out to my processor, Kelly. She's, she's amazing to me. She basically runs my life on the back end. She's a registered IRS agent and uh, she's my processor. And whenever those tough questions come around, I'm like, Oh, got the person for you. Let me, let me check that out. So that that's been really beneficial, but no, I think it's important. And, and, and sometimes it's not just to get more business. And sometimes it's probably not just to get more business on your, you know, certified financial planner side, but it's also a way to advise people on this is why you want to do maybe this program and product. No, I mean, I think that's, that's all of it. That's a hundred percent of it. It's not, you're not going to, there's not a direct correlation to I'm going to get the CFP designation and then, mm -hmm. or I'm going to become a CPA and then I'm going to get more business. It would be very hard to chart that correlation, but indirectly you're going to know more information. You're going to be more knowledgeable about someone's whole financial picture, not just their housing expenses. And so in turn, that's going to potentially generate more business for you. Gotcha. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, let's switch gears here a little bit on you, Brian. Let's talk a little bit about marketing. Yep. I know you're very, very big on knowledge-based marketing. Why don't you dive into that for me? Yeah, I mean, so this goes back to what we were just kind of talking about. I think when we do put out videos, when we put out any type of marketing, we're trying to explain something that someone has a question on, whether it be something about a mortgage, something about taxes, something about investments, something about a 1031 exchange, whatever it may be, we're trying to let our realtor partners know, hey, we understand how these things work. If you ever have any questions or concerns, give us a call, shoot us a text. We can answer these things for you and we can answer them correctly. Because a lot of times, a lot of, a lot of realtors will reach out to us, me, me personally, you know, like, hey, I got a question about this. It may not even be related to anything mortgage. Just, hey, you know, I'm doing my own personal finances or, hey, I'm buying this investment property. Does this make sense? Do these numbers actually work? Um, and so that knowledge-based marketing goes a long way because there's a lot of people, even realtors included, that just don't understand even that, you know, how to read an LE. Right. You wouldn't believe the amount of, you know, realtors that we work with that don't understand how to read a loan estimate. And so when they don't but they'll understand shred it, it, but they'll shred it apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the irony of it is, is that they don't know how to read it, but they'll, they'll be the first one to say, ah, no, that's no good. Right. Right. And so we kind of live and die by that, by that sword. And, and I think having that knowledge and being someone that had that, that they know has the knowledge. And when you market that, they know you can be trusted and they'll call you with their own personal questions, you know, about their own financial situation. Now, when, when you do this, what would you say is your most common topic that you, that you have to educate people on? Yeah, I would say it's always funny because the topics you think are going to do really well when you put a video out, they usually don't. And the ones <laughs> that you just like record, you know, driving down the street in your, in your car, uh, you think are, are going to do horrible, they always end up doing really well. And so it's hard to say I, tax ones do pretty well because taxes are interesting to people. 
if you can show them how to save money or, or save a couple bucks, they're more apt to be, respond to that. Right. As opposed to, hey, here's how, you know, you know, don't pay points on your mortgage. You know, if you're getting a mortgage quote and someone's quoting you in points, here's how that works. People are kind of like, ah, that's boring. I don't want to listen to that. But if you're like, hey, here's how you can save $2,500 on your real estate taxes right now, you know, watch this, you know, take a look at this video. Yeah, they're more apt to, yeah, right. They're more apt to comment and be like, oh, like I'm interested in that. I want to save money right now. Okay. Interesting. Now, how, what, what are different ways that you convey these messages out? Is it all through video or how, how do you, so like these messages and, and given all this knowledge, how do you, how do you get it out there to the world? So with our realtor partners, we use an app called reach and reach is phenomenal. It's a, basically an app that you can send a text message out to your re referral partners. And it looks like you're sending it out one-on-one. -on -one. So you mm. can send it out to to a hundred people and it's not in a group chat. It's just one, it's, you know, it's one message. It's being sent to a hundred people at one time. So it looks like it's personal, you know, it's personalized yeah. to you. Right. And, and you're not getting a thousand responses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we use that. I mean, I, we, we do a number of things. I mean, you could do it through Google. You could do it through video. You could do it through text message, but we try to have connections with our realtor partners you know, on a weekly basis. So whether it's just sending out like a quick, Hey, here's what the 10 year treasury is doing this week. Um, I just sent this text out I think two days ago. Hey, this is the 10 year treasury is at the lowest mark in the last three months. This has a direct correlation to mortgage rates. This is what moves mortgage rates, blah, blah, blah. Just a short little paragraph. And you know, 50% of people have no clue. Most of them will reply and say, Oh my God, rates are in the threes. Cause they're looking at the 10 year and they're yeah, right. But they're like, oh, wait, when did rates come down so far? So they don't quite understand that that's just the, the you know, the mechanism which moves mortgage rates. And so that always sparks conversation. And then that, you, that can lead to other things. So it's just sending out little tidbits like, hey, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the inventory is at 1900 houses right now. And whether that's relevant to them or not, it doesn't really matter. It's just about trying to get that that conversation going. Okay. So that's for your realtor partners. What else do you use? Like, so if you have a client, maybe you just signed up a client, you got their application. How are you communicating with them? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're on top of those things. I mean, we're, we're pretty dialed in when it comes to, to client communication. So, I mean, usually we try not to just send out pre-approvals. I know a lot of people talk about this. We can do them quickly, but I will tell the client up front, like, Hey, you can fill out this application and we use arrive. So you can fill out the application in 10 minutes. But I want you to upload those documents. I'm, I'm not going to send a pre-approval out to you until you give me those couple pieces of information that I need. I want to see your W-2. I want to see your pay stub. I want to see, you know, your tax return. And then once I have that information, then I'm reaching back out to them and saying, hey, here's, here's where your DTI is. Here's what you can afford. Also, let's talk about what else you have going on. You know, do you have investment accounts? Do you have this? Do you have that? Let me see your whole financial picture. That way we fully understand um, what, what's taking place. In, in your financial life. Now, if that, if they don't, if they're not making a, an offer on a property, like relatively soon, then we're following up every couple of days. Hey, just want to follow up, Mark, you know, see how things are going. How's the house hunting coming along? We're following up with the agent consistently that they're working with just to stay in front of them. Um, so they, you know, they fully understand like, Hey, we're, we're on your team. Like we're, we're not, we're not sitting on different sides of the table. We're on your, we're on your side. You know, we're working with your team. We're part of your your group. I think a lot of times. Would you, 
Go ahead. I was gonna say, I think a lot, sometimes if if you get a borrower, they may think that you're on the other side of the table. Right. Right. That you're almost like trying to sell, you know, you're, you are trying to sell them, but you want them to buy, but, but you're not working on their behalf. And I think that's a big, that's a big uh, kind of gatekeeper mistake that you have to make sure you're on the same side as them. I love that. Yeah. You know, because you're right. Some people just probably think you are on the other side of the table and I, it's very important to let them know that you're, you're the local guy, you're, you're working on their behalf to save them money. I, I love that. That's, that's a, that's a great point. Now, when you ask for all those documentations and, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, do you ever lose clients? Cause some of them are like, shit, I don't want to yeah. get that to you, uh, yeah. whatever, but, but you're probably given more quality than quantity. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 basically weeding out the people that are just saying, "Oh yeah, give me a pre-approval," and then they use your pre-approval, and then they grab their documents later down the road, and then they end up making maybe an offer or two, they don't get it, and then two months later they go get pre-approved with someone else, and you know their documents are all you know a mess, and they you know it's going to be a hard deal to close anyways. So I would say for every ten applications, you're going to get two to three people that just don't up upload the documents or don't want to upload them or they don't even have mm -hmm. them, they don't know where they are. And so, I mean, do you really want to work with those people anyways? If they're right. not, you know, I'm not saying you don't want to work with them because you probably could help them, but if they're not doing their part, it's going to be really hard for you to do your part. Yeah, you can just help them better. Make make more educated decisions at that point. Yeah. All right, so when you're, when you're doing all this stuff, is there a single most successful marketing campaign that you've ever done that you go, that was the best one we've ever done? That's a really good question. I, I would say not direct because we don't really do a lot of direct to consumer. I mean, we're gonna, we get people that call in because we have some some good Google reviews, but mm -hmm. those people call in and say, "Hey, I saw your reviews. Like, can you help me out?" And a lot of times, the quality isn't as great for those people. But I would say when we when we physically market to realtor partners. So new realtors, when we're going to open houses, like I, you know, if we're, I encourage all of our LOs, including myself, um, I'll go to open houses. Like I'll hit open houses on, on a Sunday and I'll stop into four or five houses and talk about different things. And I'll even sit there with, I'll even ask the agent, Hey, you mind if I hang out for an hour? Oh no, fine. I've never had anyone say no. And so I'll get those people. I'll get, I'll walk in. Hey, my name's Brian. Hey, Mark, nice to meet you. You know, do you work on the buyer side, seller side? And you know, they, they tell you whatever. I grab their card. But when I grab your card, Mark, I'm not just grabbing it, putting it in my pocket, throwing it in my truck, and then never, you know, never, never looking at it again. I'm putting it into my newsletter database. And mm -hmm. then I'm sending out a normal, regular, weekly marketing newsletter that has videos that we've done or has information that we've put out on there. So they're constantly seeing like, oh, that's the guy I met at the open house. So he's the guy here local. Then I encourage all my other, all my LOs to do that in their markets too. Gotcha. And so if they're, you know, if they have, if you have a hundred realtor contacts that so you, if you could pick up the phone right now and call a hundred realtors, right. And they're going to know who you are and you pick when they pick up, like that's plenty. You have plenty of, you have plenty <laughs> of opportunity. You don't need more than that. Right. You know, and so I think it's really just drilling down and just really taking that marketing campaign. I know you asked what specifically works. I don't think it's one thing over the other. I think it's doing all of them simultaneously and taking that list of a hundred people that you have 
and drilling down to 10 to 12 and just working with those 10 or 12 and constantly replacing, right? Yeah. You don't need a hundred deals a month. I mean, it, it'd be nice to have a hundred deals a month, but to, to, you know, it's a lucrative business. It, you need 10, 15, 20, you know, 20 deals a month. You're doing very well. I mean, yeah, there's obviously guys out there that are doing a hundred deals a month or 50 deals a month, but to be successful, you don't have to have that. You know, you need five or six agents that are consistently sending you two deals a month. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah, no, and those are all fair statements. My, my only, my only question to you, and you know, this is something I think really tangible that, that, that hopefully you can discuss with me is when you are talking to these realtors or, or you are giving newsletters, um, you are going to open houses and just chatting them up. What separates you? What's, what's the conversation like? Because in my area, at least I know a lot of the realtors are getting the same calls, you know, so I had to take a step back and say, okay, what's, you know, what, what's, what's my difference maker here? I don't call real. I, I don't, I try not to call them because that, it, it just doesn't work. I mean, they're, they're going to, I had, we had a girl that worked for us internally that would make calls to realtors and set up appointments, appointments for our LOs. And what I found is that a lot of times the people that wanted to meet were the ones that wanted the marketing dollars. <laughs> that, that ah, was, gotcha. That gotcha. Was, yeah. That was the only reason why they wanted to actually meet. So long story short, um, I go in and I usually try and say, look, I'm not just a mortgage guy. Yeah, I'm the broker owner of Scoop Mortgage here in town, but here's my background. I've been in the, the financial world world for 15 years. I, you know, I'm involved with some of these other businesses. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a CFP. Like my my expertise and my knowledge is much wider and much much more vast than just being, hey, I can provide you with a mortgage at six percent. Like that's that's not who I am. And if that's if that's the relationship that they're looking for, I'll just tell them like we're probably not going to be a good fit. Like we're, I'm interviewing and, and you. And that's okay. And yeah. that's okay. And that's what people it's like to understand is that that's okay. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, this is just as much an inter you interviewing me, Mr. And Mrs. Realtor, as I'm interviewing you. Like I may not want to work with you because you like, you might be a hassle to me. I think if you act like you need the business, if you act desperate, you're not going to get it. Right. And so I think when people understand like, okay, this guy isn't, he's not being super aggressive with me. He's trying to give me information that I could use to help me grow my business personally. And when you don't come off as being desperate that you need the business so bad, like I need to close this loan to, to you know, so I can go on vacation. They're like, okay, this, 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 this can't be good for the consumer. There's no way. Right. Right. And so I, I think just, just having that relationship with people where, you know, there's going to be agents, there's going to be referral partners that don't like you. There's going to be, there's going to be, you know, and maybe you don't like them. And so I think, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm at, there's 12,000 or 10,000 real estate agents. I mean, come on. Right. right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get along with five. <laughs> if you can't right. get along with five, it's not them, it's you. Right. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. No, all good stuff. That That's exactly what I was looking for in that, you know, just a little bit of a different take, um, you know, and as you know, and also just hop into the next topic, because I know you're busy. Uh, I'm, and, you know, we got to we all got to go back to work here. Yes, I'm, I'm actually going on vacation a little bit right after this. So full disclosure, but that's OK. Um, but with that being said, you went to Fuse last year, correct? Yes. 
Okay, so uh, as as we're filming this, we released Fuse uh, pricing yesterday, you know, pre yep. pretty discounted. We want it to be a blowout. What was your favorite thing about Fuse last year? Honestly, man, you know, before we even get to that, I already booked the hotel. Um, if I'm allowed to nice. say it now that I'm the state captain for Ohio, you know. Yeah, say it. Who cares? Um, so Fuse is great. I've been to a lot of conferences, a lot over the last 15 years, a lot on the financial world has them everywhere, every which way in different countries, you name it. And I'll tell you what fuse, I tell everyone this, that fuse was up there. I told you, I think I told you this. I, when we were, I was at UWM and we were at, at the Marriott there with that, whatever that hotel was. Oh yeah. Hotel. And I said, you know, fuse was by far one of the best conferences I've, I've ever gone to because it was just so systematic of how it's set up, right? You got the lender partners there. You got, you got all the tech companies there. Like you have, everything is just, you, you have, you see the people that you hear about. I think that's the interesting part, right? Yeah. All the people that you hear about in the business that you never see, you go to fuse and you see their name tags and you're like, Oh, that's okay. That's so-and-so that, Oh, there's Mark. There's Kate. Right. And, and everyone's there. They're hanging out. They're having drinks. Right. We're in the lot. Like everyone's kind of interacting with one another. I think that's the biggest part, not just like having the people on stage and, and meeting all the wholesale partners, but the interaction and the networking that goes on behind the scenes between uh, you know, the, the showcases and whatnot. And then, you know, obviously the parties and stuff at night. I mean, that is just, it goes far beyond what anyone would ever not get by not going. Right, right. No, and that's my favorite thing about Fuse. Uh, you you basically pretty much say what I when I do all these presentations all over, which is you know, lenders so great after parties. The content is phenomenal. The venue is great, but it's that collaboration and meeting people is truly, truly to me what it's all about. I mean, I think I think if you pick up two good ideas at Fuse, that could change your whole business. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, Brian, listen, dude, you, you were absolutely awesome. Um, once again, thanking you for your flexibility. Thank you for the nice words about, you know, what, what happened at Fuse. And that's a shout out to, uh, to, to, to the AIM team. They make me look really good out there. I'll just say that, uh, yes, but, <laughs> but, but thank you so much. And we really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. No problem. Brokers. If you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of the broker to broker podcasts on Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, anywhere where you can download podcasts, do me a favor, leave a review, rate it, download it, do whatever you got to do there. It helps us get the word out there and spread the word that brokers are better. And Brian, you're one of them. And thanks again. Thank you. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.